Welcome to the Sundown Outdoors Predator Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Slim. We are here to talk all things predator hunting. If you're a predator hunter or wanting to become one, you are in the right place. On this podcast, we will talk with fellow predator hunters all over the United States about the gear and tactics they use to put more fur in the truck. All right, guys, we're back. Episode 12. I'm joined by Wyatt Barber once again today. He is a fellow Wisconsinite like myself. And we are going to talk about late season coyote hunting today. Uh, it's middle of February right now. Uh, those of you who have been hunting all year, it's starting to get to the to the tail end. And uh, maybe some of your spots are starting to get pressured and some of your dogs are starting to get a little leery. But uh, we're going to try to talk to us about some strategies and things that we do this time of year to help you stay successful and stay ahead of everybody else. So. Wyatt uh, joined me last minute here. I really appreciate him uh, jumping on with me tonight. So Wyatt, uh, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, for sure, dude. The first time was fun. So I was happy to do it again. You bet. Wyatt, uh, give us a rundown. How has the hunting been lately for you? So this week we've been doing a lot better. Uh, Last week, as you know, we had like snow on the ground, at least where I'm at here, we had snow on the ground and pretty much a full moon or like a three quarter full moon the whole week. And I can deal with one or the other, but like dealing with both the snow and the moon, you get the reflection. It sucks really bad. And then you get warm days or something like that. And the snow warms up and then it freezes at night. You get loud conditions, bright conditions. And we just had like, that just makes for tough calling conditions. And uh, finally this this last week, the moon's been rotating. It's starting to get darker at night. Moon's starting to stay down, and the snow is pretty much gone, except for tonight we might get another storm. But so far this week, yep. <laughs> so far this week, snow's been gone. Better conditions. We've been doing um, a lot better this week, killing five or six a night, uh, hunting just four or five stands. So a lot better this week. And uh, so far, it's. Uh, You've been producing this late season has been definitely producing pretty good. Yeah, that's uh that's definitely an awesome, awesome way to go is once once that moon is not bugging you and the snow is not so loud, you start hammering them. And uh can you I kind of had this question, you know, I, I always people always ask, you know, does the moon affect the coyotes? Does the you know, my answer is always no, but like, I don't know what you see, but like, I just see when the moon is full, like they just, they just don't pile in like they do when it's dark. They are going to, you know, more apt to stand out there, sit out there to swing the wind. And they're going to more so use their eyes and stay out at a more comfortable distance. But I, I don't know what, what your experience is with it. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the same thing. Like, I feel like they just don't feel as comfortable coming out into the field when you got a full moon. Obviously, I I personally just hate it. Like if I had to hunt on a night that there was a full moon, like I'll hunt just, you know, if there's nothing else to do, I'm going to be hunting. But if I had the choice, I'm definitely going to go no moon or at least, you know, half moon or something. Right. Or at least go out like right now, like first half of the night when there's no moon. And then, you know, after, you know, it gets gets early in the morning, there's moon. But uh, yeah, for the most exactly. part, like, like when I was in Kansas, it was dark till midnight, one o'clock. And then, you know, two o'clock after it was, was fairly bright, you know, 50, 60, 70% moon. 
but uh yeah. that first like you know four or five hours of the night was mint so yeah that's like most of our properties going. we just uh we don't have to like i don't feel pressure to go hunt them or anything uh the only like yeah. time i would feel pressure if a, a landowner called me and was like i got coyotes that are right in my backyard or something and I, i'm like all right we got to go hunt his property but other than that like if i'm just casually hunting not tournament hunter or anything like if you're just casually hunting i pretty pretty much pick my nights and plan them out like that week like we'll hunt monday monday wednesday or monday friday something like that and the best like choose the best conditions before don't force yourself into like hunting if you got bad conditions yeah absolutely i think that's a very good tip that's something that i always i always try to preach is like just don't go out there when it's not good and when the conditions aren't good obviously you know tournament things like that obviously you're forced to go and deal with it and that's you know that's fine that's a different circumstance but like i mean if you don't have to go you know burn spots and burn ears just you know it's only going to help you especially this time of year you know you get to the late season when things have been called places have been hunted you know you've maybe killed a few off of you know this farm that farm and and if you didn't overcall them i think this time of year is when a guy can really have a lot of success oh yeah for sure and that's like uh i kind of get in a i'll get in that habit of not wanting to hunt on bad nights and then uh it's a good thing that i go to like we go to kansas and stuff because it'll throw you into like you plan those trips out however long ahead like a month ahead or something and then you got to deal when you're there you got to deal with what you're like what you're dealt and uh i mean here i would never hunt like we just don't hunt with winds that are over like 10 15 miles an hour but we've hunted in kansas with like wind that's 25 30 mile an hour and you're there so you hunt and it's just different you get used to calling in those conditions you can still kill coyotes is it preferred is it enjoyable not really but you know i guess it gets you it makes you better yeah i 100 percent agree with you same exact thing that you know i think made me a, a much better much much better hunter was going and and just like i like you said just going to kansas and just being thrown kind of not not that you're forced to hunt but you're there you know you traveled there you might as well hunt while you're there right and you're going to hit a bunch of spots that you're not going to go back to or you know whatever you're going to call them one time that year maybe twice if you're lucky and you i mean you're forced to just adapt and and change your tactics based on the weather and uh yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that that's one of the biggest things that I took away from traveling to hunt is just learning, you know, to deal with high wind and what I, what I would do and how I apply that is like when I hunted a tournament this year and all, and it was super windy, you know, all of a sudden there, I'm going back to, okay, this is what worked in Kansas when it was super windy. I'm going to go do that now. Right. It all applies. Like eventually anything that you learn out there or on like another trip, it's going to apply sometime in your coyote hunt. Like it's going to apply down the road again. You're going to run into that same situation eventually again, you know? So whenever you yeah, learn something like that, absolutely. on an out of state hunt or something, it's, uh, it's going to benefit you for sure. Eventually. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the, so now that, now that, uh, Wyatt brought it up. So everybody, obviously, if you listen regularly, I was in Kansas last weekend and uh we got our tails kicked and uh it was kind of one of them deals every everything that could go wrong on the trip did go wrong i was kind of just telling wyatt about it before uh, we jumped on here we were just shooting the breeze 
And uh, yeah, it was just one of those deals. We, uh, we had some misses. We had a gun that was off. We had, you know, I had literally, if, like I told him, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. We just had that trip. So we only killed a few. Um, and we had uh, uh, more than I would care to admit, get away from us. But uh, I have to give Wyatt a cr- little bit of credit here because last time I was on a podcast with him, he uh, told me like, yeah, dude, when we were in Kansas, we just go to the, we would go to the same spots one night and hit it again the next night and have success. Well, we hit a spot this one evening and there's coyotes all over and ended up, I should have shot one, but there's three. I had one at 160 yards and I didn't shoot because I got greedy, which I is one of my biggest pet peeves to never do. And I did it. Like I said, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. <laughs> and I ended up not getting that thing disappeared two seconds later. No, none of them came in. We went right back there the next morning and I ended up killing one there. So, uh, if it wasn't for Wyatt, I don't think I would have done that. So I have to give him some credit there for uh, teaching me that. Oh yeah. That's one of our favorite things to do. Like if you know that, that, that they're there, you might as well go back and hunt them, especially if you didn't shoot at them. Yeah. Like if you did shoot them, I feel like it's a little different, but if you didn't shoot at them, you didn't, me- I don't, I don't feel like you messed with them that much. Yeah. We didn't play many sounds either. Like I tried, they were already out in the field when I got there. So like, I just kind of sat down turned, tried rabbit, you know, uh, you know, tried a couple quick things, didn't get a shot. They didn't come in. We just kind of snuck out. Like, so I, I mean, I felt confident in it and it ended up working. They were all over in there still the next morning, but, uh, but yeah, long story short, we got our tails kicked. Uh, that's probably about the best way to put it. Uh, I had, I, I had, uh, my antenna on my call came off and which hot tip, if you have a lucky duck call and you lose your antenna ever, you can just buy a Wi-Fi antenna, like a wife, yeah, a Wi-Fi antenna, any just general Wi-Fi antenna, and put it on your call. Or like, so I ordered a two pack, so I have a replacement always. So, if you uh, run a lucky duck and you lose your antenna, just Google or Amazon a Wi-Fi antenna, and you can get another one for like or a pair of them for like ten bucks. So, did you? Uh... I did learn that. Did, was it the antenna on the actual call or on the remote? Nope, on the call. Okay. Because the remote, uh, I run the Roughneck. I run both Fox Pro and Lucky Duck, but on the Roughneck remote, and I've seen this from like so many guys, uh, everybody breaks that in, that little plastic antenna on the top. Even mine, I broke mine off like the yep. first night I hunted with it. And now it's just a little spring. You just run some uh, electrical tape over it. You're all set. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I haven't broke that one off yet, but yeah, the lot the one on my call, like it screws, it kind of screws on, and uh, it just must have unscrewed and whatever. I lost it somewhere in Kansas, so I wasn't gonna, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you where I would have lost it, you know. But uh, I ended up ordering. I talked to the guys at Lucky Duck, and they're always great about you know anything that's wrong or whatever. They usually are pretty quick to pretty quick to help you and uh that's what they told me they said because they were out of stock on their website they're like yeah just order any old wi-fi uh antenna and throw it around your call and you should be good to go so yep funny story interesting. funny story uh my brother and i when we were in kansas last year and this is like uh we we're in kansas and we were locating these coyotes and i took like i said rerun that lucky duck roughneck took that thing yeah. put it on top of the truck 
And I was like, let's just see yep. where these coyotes are at. Cause we're, it's like, we got permission 360 degrees, big country. I'm like, let's just locate them before we go in here, you know, put the call up there. And, uh, we're sitting in the truck. I fire off like, uh, some serenade or something. We locate like two or three packs and I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm looking on the map. I'm like, all right, we can go hit these ones, these ones. And I'm putting pins down on them and I throw it in drive and we take off and we just hear like, and once we pick up speed, like I'm going like 25 miles an hour, we just hear something like a couple loud bangs on the rooftop. And my brother looked at me, he's like, you left the call up there, didn't you? I was like, yep. Went back there and the call was just like in pieces. Like the whole thing was just trash. Oh, shit. Plastic pieces everywhere. I mean, I probably picked up like 15 or 20 pieces and uh, called Lucky Duck the next day. And they're like, yeah, box up whatever you can and send it back to us. They're like, we're going to see if we can repair it. I was like, in my mind, I was thinking, there's no way you're repairing this. Send it into them. And literally like three, four days later, they sent me a brand new call. No charge, no nothing. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Huh. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I've always had good, really good customer service experiences with them. Uh, for the couple of times I've had real minor things, but, uh, man, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, definitely, definitely something to, to note if you're in the, in the call market, but I've, I've been, uh, I've been, a, been a part of a few calls rolling off the top of the truck, but I've never seen one break. <laughs> oh yeah. This one, this one was in quite a few pieces. <laughs> oh, that's a bad feeling. Yeah. It's a good thing we, we had a backup, so it was not too bad, but. And them things ain't cheap when you roll a five hundred dollar call yeah, off the top no. of the truck. No, definitely not. Yep. I, I did that once in Kansas this year, but I you know, I remembered to pull the call back in, but I w I'm very conscious of that because I've seen it happen two or three times where people I was with people and their call went rolling down the road. You mm -hmm. look in the rearview mirror and it's just tumbling down the road. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a bad feeling. Uh <clears throat> No, so what Wyatt and I are going to talk about is late season strategy. So I call I would call late season like this latter latter half of of February into March. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know a lot of people. You know, I guess it's it's probably a mixed bag. Some people might hunt into March. Some people might hunt a little bit in March. Some people maybe obviously will hunt through March. So, what is kind of your overall do you have a strategy or something that you're gonna cling to as you as we go for the next three four weeks here i'd like to take a quick second to talk to you guys about dark night outdoors as you guys know dark night outdoors is partnering with me this year for the podcast and i couldn't be luckier to have them join me just a couple of the things that drew me to dark night outdoors uh they will match match pricing. They don't have any sales tax outside of Illinois and quick and free shipping, no credit card fees, and you get a free external battery pack with a quality mount to come with your purchase. And not to mention if you use code predator podcast 23 at checkout on a thermal optic, you're going to save $50. So you're basically going to be able to price match uh, to the best price you are able to find and then save $50 uh, on top of that. Also, if you're in the market for his accessories, uh, he Jamie has so many different accessories down there, Dark Knight Outdoors, 
you can also use the code PPACC23. So that's PPACC23 to save 25% off all accessories. So go down to the show description and look at Dark Knight Outdoors website and you will not be disappointed. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty, uh, similar to like what everyone is going to be doing. Um, I, I like to say like, I have a set routine, but I mean, I'm running sound wise. Um, and I'll get into like the biggest thing, the biggest switch I made this week to put like probably doubled up our coyotes this week. Um, but one thing like sound sounds, the sound sequence that I'm running and have been running for like the last two weeks is just a lot of female howls, a lot more just on the, on the first part of the stand, just run like mm, eight, eight or nine, maybe like 12 sometimes of just female howls. And that's not normally something what I do, you know, if we're not talking about late season, but like this time of the year, that's what I'm going to run is just, and that's one right after the other, usually like maybe spaced out 30 seconds in between or something, but a lot of female howls and then just right into some, if I get, if I get them to respond after that, which most of the time, if you, if you think you're close to them, they're going to fire off going right into like a breeding fight or a pup fight or something like that. And, uh, yeah. at least for me, that's going to kill most of my coyotes this time of year. Yep. Totally so, agree. I think yeah. that uh, one thing that a lot of people got to pee like, so, okay. So another question before I start rambling, um, what, what are you doing on your places that you've maybe killed a few, uh, you know, you, maybe you caught, maybe you shot me, called some in, you missed one. Yeah. You, you know, some of your pieces that you would consider more pressured, how are, are you going to attack those differently or what's it, it, Do you have a special strategy there? Yeah. So this is, this is the one thing I was just saying in the last, the last question, um, about the big switch I made this week was switching up calls. And like I said, I run both Fox pro and lucky duck and I haven't picked up the lucky duck pretty much all year. Like just, I like the Fox pro a little bit better because the remote, the range on the remote is really good. And uh, yep. I put that thing out there at a hundred yards. Don't have to worry about it disconnecting and uploaded some more sounds to it and you just get in a habit of trying out new sounds or whatever but i was like you know what i'm gonna go to the lucky duck because like i said we had been uh last week we had kind of been seeing coyotes paired up coyotes like circling us out there at like eight nine hundred yards pretty much not interested in the call at all and i don't know if you yeah. know that could have just been that pair of coyotes whatever and, but in my mind, I was like, let me just switch up the calls. I was like, I'm going to go switch back to the lucky duck. Like I said, we're and I'm, I was like, we'll go hit properties that we, you know, have hunted before this or already hunted this year. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking it'll be a little different, right? You're coming in with a new call, different sounds. It won't sound the same. Yep. Um, so that made a huge difference this week. Like just doing that, I was super impressed. Um, how big of a difference that made for us. And for one, I, I, and this could just all be like, just, it just happened in a line that way. But in my mind, we got way more coyotes to respond and we got way more coyotes to actually come into the call committed to the call 
And uh, yeah, so one thing I I do this time of year, going back to properties that I've already hunted. Well, I do two things mainly, but one of the things is switching up to a different call, like completely, not not even running the same call. If you have two calls, that's an that's something you can do. But and then another one is just switching up where I'm going to set up on that property. Like usually there's a spot on a property. 90% of the time you're going to know where you should be sitting. Like that's the spot to be. And it's really hard to not go there every time, but I would recommend trying a different part of the property. You know, even though it might not look as good, it might not be what you want. Um, you know, it might not be as good as the main spot you hunt there, but switching it up and not howling and not running the same sequence from the same spot every time. Cause they catch on to that for sure. Yeah. That's a hundred percent what I was thinking. And what I was just about to say was like, my main thing is I, I always try to kind of like, when I go to spots, um, I always kind of try to keep a mental note of what I played there, you know, regardless of whether I killed one, whether I didn't, doesn't matter. Like whatever, whatever I played there, I'm going to probably try to not play any of the same sounds at all. Like I have, you know, I have plenty of sounds that I don't, you know, I could obviously play a lot of different sounds, but, uh, I, I just would, I would challenge you to just try different ones and, you know, and like he said, set up in a different spot, use a different wind, try a different spot, you know, still, still keep everything in your advantage, obviously still, you know, you don't, I wouldn't advise going in anywhere and blasting your wind into the woods and then expecting to call something in, but you know, just, just trying something different, using different sounds. I think those are, that's a huge, huge, huge deal this time of year. And I think that you can kill a pile of coyotes this time of year because they are fairly aggressive, but I do think that you can uh, definitely kick yourself in the, in the butt by playing the same thing, sitting in the same spots. I think that uh, Wyatt is a hundred percent spot on, on everything that he just said there. So yeah, yeah. I completely agree yep i can get in a real bad habit of like it's hard not to because you go to a property it works out everything you kill whatever happens you kill a singular double and you're like the next time you go there you're just like oh if we do that again if we replicate everything that we did last time it's going to happen again you can almost envision it happening again it's really hard not to just try and repeat that but sometimes in order to kill those coyotes again or not again but kill more coyotes there you got to do something different because they, they know the game on the first setup or whatever you ran on the first set. Yeah, completely. I, I agree. And, uh, the other thing that, I, the other thing that I would do, the other thing that helps me out this time of year is when I pick up a new spot, like just getting a new spot, walking into a fresh spot that, you know, maybe hopefully hasn't been called before. Um, like I said, I'm always asking landowners like, Hey, anybody hunt here? Anybody been hunting here? Have you been seeing any coyotes? Like all these questions I'm always asking landowners and, uh, you know, pick up a new spot and there's nothing better than going into a, a fresh untouched spot this time of year and, uh, turning on the call and they howl all around you and, and, uh, you know, two or three of them come piling in, like they've never heard one before. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely refreshing for, uh, areas that get a lot of pressure, which I know, you know, maybe you're, I, I guess now that you've kind of went through the year, 
do you still, are you still not seeing really the hunting pressure up there? I don't, I know, like I said, the first time I know a couple of hound hunters, I know one guy around here that date or not daytime. He does, uh, he hunts only the public around me at night. Besides that, I don't know anybody else like in my area where I'm like competing with properties and I'm not running into anybody else. Um, I know that there was some guys in here not long ago that did thermal hunt, but like, I don't think they, at least when I started hunting here, they're not around anymore, but yeah, kind of lucked out so far. Yeah. Well, I hope it stays that way for you because it's getting to be, uh, around here. It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm that tur- the tournament that I was in a couple of weeks ago. I mean, there was, I heard numerous stories of guys going into spots that other people were already at. Like, um, one of my buddies was calling a spot the other night and there was someone else calling right across the road, like that he could like see, you know, like it wasn't, you know, basically, basically calling the same spot. Like they could hear each other. So, I mean, I would say all those coyotes are hearing both of them and, you know, yeah. like that, like that's just starting to be a thing around here. And that was actually part of the reason why I made another trip to Kansas. Cause I was just like, man, I'm, it's getting hard to fight with all of the, you know, pressure around here. And I just, I'm not a huge fan of going out there and pounding spots that have been pounded by other people, you know, because it's, for me, it's really hard to attack. Cause like, I always look at it. Like I have a plan of attack that I'm going to go and I'm going to have a very strategic plan. And when I don't know what's going on there for the, you know, someone could have called that spot five times in the last two weeks and I would have no idea and played the same sounds I was going to play. So it's hard for me to, you know, kind of devise a plan if I don't have any knowledge of, of all the things that are going on there. So yeah, it's, uh, but I hope, I hope for your sake that it stays, stays that way because, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, yeah, we'll see. I think thermal hunting just in general is getting a lot of, it's gaining a lot of, uh, new people into it. And obviously like this time of year is when everybody gets into it all your deer hunters start coyote hunting and everything like that. But yeah, this is the time of year that people see them on the fields and, you know, gets a, if somebody sees one coyote and it gets them fired up to get out there, you know, for a couple stands. Yep. My, uh, like my remedy for, and even, even calling properties that I feel like some of the properties that we hunt that we probably over call. And like when we saw those coyotes circling at six, 700 yards, that pair of coyotes, I was like the next day I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get fresh ground. Like I just, you get that yeah. feeling like you gotta go get a new spot. You just have to like yeah. to, and when like you said when you do get that fresh spot man it's like magic my brother and i and a buddy we picked up this piece of property and uh the guy called me up and he's actually like he had been seeing my facebook post and he called me up and he he he's a buddy of a buddy and he's like hey i had a coyote in my backyard this morning he's like i need you to come over here and kill these things and he's like they're everywhere and not 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 to like say that they weren't but like everybody says that there's coyotes everywhere you know so when he tells me that like i'm like i'm sure there's coyotes over there but we'll come over there and we'll hunt it tonight and he's like all right i appreciate it and he called up like four or five people in his area and he's like yep you're good on this property this property and this property so i'm like sweet we go over there like two o'clock in the morning park in his driveway and uh get out of the truck and keep in mind we've been hunting coyotes that haven't been like super committed to the call like they've been like i said skirting us and 
just doing yep. things that are kind of annoying. You know, you're not killing them like you want, yeah. or you're having to stalk them. They're doing, they're out there at like 300 yards, mousing around yep. and don't really care about the call. So that's kind of where our minds are at. Like, you know, kind of frustrated. We had already killed two that night, but still kind of frustrated because we've seen those guys skirting and uh, we go out there and get set up and I let like four female howls rip. And uh, right after those four female howls, I go into like, uh, I think it was like baby cottontail because new properties, that's pretty much my go-to, like a couple howls and then yeah. distress. Doesn't matter the time of year. I just totally feel like that's going to kill cottontail. Totally yep. yep totally and I don't agree. feel like I need to go into the whole bite sounds and all that quite yet you know i saved that for like maybe the second or third time i hit that property for the year but yeah um so i i go into baby cottontail and within like three or four minutes coyote pops out of the tree line and uh we're, we're getting set up on it and coyote comes right up 75 yards the our uh, buddy of ours he shoots it kills it i'm like cool all right we're four or five minutes in i was like you know what Rather than sit here and call this whole setup, I'm like, let's just get up and leave. I know that there's coyotes here. We'll just come back and hunt it tomorrow night or something or later on this week. We get up, pick up the coyote. We're standing at the coyote. Our guns are set up at like that 75 yards away. We left our guns up there. Yep. We're, we're talking about the coyote. We're shining a flashlight around. I, I go on the scanner again and I look out there and there's another coyote and it's coming at like 200 yards. And I looked at my brother, I was like, you got to get to your gun. This coyote's coming hard. And he's just coming consistently just right across the field towards us. I was super surprised because we were out there with like flashlights, like not being, we weren't yelling, but we were not being quiet. We were talking pretty normal. And uh, my brother takes off, takes off towards his gun. And I'm watching this coyote like still coming. And now it's getting like a hundred yards. It's getting close. My brother finally makes it to his gun. and And now I can have like a view of both my brother and the coyote in the same like i can watch him in the same frame and he shoots this coyote kills that coyote i'm like sweet we got a double and i've only done like four or five howls and minimum calling you know yep. we pick up that coyote and we start get walking out and we're dragging these two we're dragging these two out of there as we get back to the road i look out in the next field and i'm like there's a coyote coming i was like set the coyotes down <laughs> Or drop the coyotes and uh, get on your gun because this coyote's coming and he's coming and all these coyotes are I know that what they're doing like they heard the howl and they're just coming in to check it out and uh, yep so my we get set up again my brother gets on the gun he shoots that coyote at like 250 yards dumps her and uh, we go out and pick up that coyote I look back another coyote in the field where we started in we didn't end up killing the fourth one uh, it never like. I probably could have played some sounds to really get it to commit. But like I said, we were trying to kill as many as we could without doing damage. So we just, uh, we picked up the three and we're like, that's plenty good. Like this guy was not lying. He's got coyotes everywhere. I was like, our brother looked at me. He's like, I feel like I'm back in Kansas. Like they're just, they were thick, Yeah. but picking up new properties like that, like it'll just re if you're down or you're like, man, these coyotes are educated or these coyotes, coyotes whatever they're doing they're just not acting right you get pick up a new property you go out there and hunt it and everything is just like reborn like you're just thrilled like you can't yeah, wait to do it again a new new fire yep exactly yep. totally i completely agree that's this time of year is one of the best times for that and uh that's exactly the stuff that can happen 
And yeah, I would uh, completely, completely, if you can find new spots, you know, this time of year. And the one thing like Wyatt mentioned, you know, everyone says there's coyotes everywhere and that is 100% true. You're not going to talk to many landowners, many farmers, people that live in the country. Not very many people are going to say, oh, there's no coyotes around here. You know, never, never hear them, you know, you know, whatever. Almost everybody's going to say, oh, they're everywhere. You know, they wake me up at night. They, you know, this and that. The one, the one question that I always ask people and what's going to kind of tell me whether if I like, if it's real or if I need to get out there like ASAP is if I, I always ask like, Hey, have you been seeing any coyotes? And they say like, yes, I've been seeing them all the time or like, you know, whatever. If, if they've been seeing them, like there's a good chance you need to get your ass there. Like, yep. I don't, like if, if just a general person, especially a non hunter, like is seeing coyotes, like they're probably all over. <laughs> That's like my best advice is like always ask that question because I find that when people tell me that they're seeing coyotes like that's a spot that i need to get to right now yep and that's like uh that's why i i told that guy when he called me up he he said that he saw he was a pretty sure it was a big male which i would agree it's probably a big male he said it was in his backyard fighting with his dogs uh, that morning and i was like well if that coyote's in your backyard and he's not um like he's not out we're in, it wasn't way out in the country like there was quite a few odds around him. i was like if that coyote's out there at I think it was like eight or nine o'clock in the morning, you know, like roaming around and doesn't really care about houses or whatever. I'm like, there's, you got a problem. You know, I was like, I'll be out there tonight because you got coyotes. If you're seeing them at nine o'clock in the morning, walking around and uh, he yeah. wasn't lying. We killed three there and probably could have killed four. And if we kept, would have kept calling, who knows, but we'll go back there again this week, probably. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's just what you want though, you know, and like you said, that's the, that's, that can be the difference. And, and now you, uh, got a, got an all new fire lit under you to go, to go after them, you know, and, and get that kind of spark and, and you get that confidence and everything back up and, uh, it, it just kind of snowballs into everything else, I believe. Oh yeah. You can definitely get like, kind of not, not down, but you just kind of get, almost yeah, like man i'm not yeah like what am i doing wrong i mean you when you're physically watching coyotes at five six hundred yards just sit there or like go the other direction or whatever they circle you you're like yep. man is there not a sound i can play like how what i start thinking in my mind is like how are we going to kill a coyote like <laughs> how is this going to yeah. work out how is it going to happen and then it does and then it happens again you're like all right that's how it you get back in a rhythm because if you get off that rhythm yep. you start to get down and you're like man it starts yeah, to get late at night you're like yourself. yeah exactly yep exactly then you then you all of a sudden you screw up you miss you you know it's like it's kind of the snowball effect kind of like i told you uh about my kansas trip like that's just what it was is this a snowball you know and then uh we killed just enough to keep us kind of going and and it was fine, but like there was times where, you know, coyotes coming in, all of a sudden the wind blows right over my back and they're gone. And it's just like, there's nothing you can do about it, but like it's stuff like that, that can just take the wind out of your sails and gets you see then, then not like I was telling you, like, then you get into this situation. I walk over the hill into the spot. There's three coyotes right there. 
And for some reason, I just like totally had a lapse in judgment, like 160 yards. Like that's a shot that I, you know, you know, think about and make all day long with no problem. And I just totally, you know, missed my opportunity because I just wasn't sharp in that moment. And uh, that's what can happen. And that can be the difference, you know, between, you know, not that it's all about killing them, you know, granted you learned something, you, you know, you had a, you had fun, you had an experience, whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to have success. And if you're not having success, it definitely, it's definitely going to hinder your, your enjoyment in my opinion. Yep. And, uh, one thing, one thing that I'll add to that, like when you get like, it's like you said, like you get into that snowball effect where man, when it's going downhill, it just keeps going. And in my, when we're out there and I, I fire up the call, you know, four or five minutes in, like, as you know, like most of your coyotes are going to react in that first 10 minutes. If they're going to come, they're going to show up. And if you, if you get on one of those nights where you're really struggling and whatever, everything's not going right. Um, I get in a bad habit, at least for myself of like, after that four or five minutes after those howls, maybe nothing answers or something answers and it's way off. I'm like, man, we're not going to call anything here. And I get in a bad habit of like, not wanting to call the set all the way through. And, uh, one thing that I've learned, especially these last two weeks is even if they howl and they're way off and you're like, all right, there's probably not any coyotes on this property. Cause if they were here, they probably would have lit up. You start to think that in your head, but that's not always true. Sometimes if they don't howl, that's cause they're coming, you know, but yeah, I get in a bad habit of like almost quitting and like, I'll still be running the call, but almost in my mind, I'm quitting already, you know? Yep. And that's, I, I feel sure. like that's one of the worst things you can do. Cause as soon as you start doing that, a coyote pops up at 75 yards and he's coming and you're not, you're not on top of what you should be doing. Um, and what one set that really taught me that this week was I fired up the call, big fields, like really big fields, fired up the call and we got coyotes not far, like within calling range behind us, in front of us to the right. And they all light up. I'm like, all right, we should call a coyote here within the first 15 minutes. 30 minutes later, these coyotes have not budged. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what we're going to do to kill these coyotes. In my head, I'm like, this is, we'll call, we're going to have to come back another night because these coyotes are not. And we had a hunt of that property at all this year. I was like, they're not, they're not, for whatever reason, they're not working. 40, at, the, at the 45 minute mark, finally, I look way down at the end of the field and I see a coyote coming. And this is completely separate for, separate from like the coyotes that were howling at us that were right there. Comes all the way up to, I think he came to like 120 yards and my brother whacked him. But you you can get in such like, a, and this is just me, I, mean, I can get in a really, really bad habit of like after the first 10 minutes of the set, in my mind, I'm just like, we're not calling anything. And that's, that's not true. Like I've called them at 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and now 45 minutes. But one thing I would say, if, uh, if you're having one of those nights, just that's even if they howl way off and you want to move, run the set all the way through, you know, just stay yeah. committed. You're there for a reason. The wind's good, whatever, whatever reason you were there in the first place, call the set all the way through. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I totally agree. That's, that was me in Kansas, you know, 10 minutes in didn't see nothing. I'm like, all right, you know, let's, uh, you know, play some fights and we ditch. 
you know, and be out of there in 15 minutes. And then, you know, like I said, that set that I killed that one Sunday morning, you know, we sat down. I don't, I don't remember what I played. If I played like Blondie Long Howl or something like that. And, and I mean, Kyle slid up, you know, and 360 degrees you know you know how it gets sometimes out there in kansas like it was it was like there was you know coyotes in every every timber every creek every you know everywhere around us and there was probably like i said there was probably 10 coyotes within 600 yards i would guess and you know i tried everything and you know it got to 30 minutes and i see a coyote you know four four or 500 yards out all of a sudden come through the fence and I never made a sound and he came all the way in on his own 120 yards and I shot him but just like man like there was there was easily three to three four five coyotes closer than him that never showed never budged that I know of anyways and you know he just worked his way from and it was a big male and he came just slow and steady from, you know, however far and just walked right to us. And, yep. uh, it's just goes to show you, you know, especially this time of year, I think, you know, thing, things like that are going to be a lot more common. You can, you know, almost assume that most, you know, I guess, you know, maybe may different in certain areas, but out there, I think, you know, with the tournament the week before and, you know, things like that, I think you can almost bet that pretty much everything's been called to, to an extent, you know, whether it's been in that spot or the neighbors or, you know, somewhere in the general region. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's definitely just, uh, you know, something that, that you can deal with and it, there's nothing worse. I can tell you, I just did it for two and a half days, you know, that 10 minutes and nothing's coming like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to see anything. You know, I'm, starting to question myself nothing's working i don't know what to do i don't know what to play um yep. yeah it's yeah. it's not a good uh it's not a good place to be you know you you especially you know you're you're almost used to you almost get used to having success and or or like in in that sense i'm i was remembering what happened what last time was like and you know you start wondering if you're doing stuff wrong if you're in the wrong spot uh you know a whole list of things so yep and uh, that's one thing, you know, if you line up or like you get a trip planned or you line up like four or five properties that you think are going to produce, you can kind of get ahead of yourself. You're like, we're going to have a great night. And all of a sudden you've gone yeah. through like, you've gone through like three or four properties and haven't even heard of coyote. And you're like, what's going on? Like, what am I doing wrong? We should have killed coyotes. And it's like, sometimes for me and like our crew, I'm like, we just need to start with one. Like, let's go to the first yeah. property and let's do everything. We can kill one coyote there. And, uh, and then we'll go to the next one. Like I try and not get ahead of myself. Cause you can easily do that. You're like, all right, 10 minutes in nothing's happened. You're, you're not rushing the set, but you're ready to get it over with. Cause you want to get to the next one. And then you want to get to the next one. Cause you, you got good properties or you got like a good night planned and man, you're halfway through the night already. And you haven't, you've killed two or something. You're just like, you can kind of get discouraged. And uh, one thing that I always remind myself is, is like, don't get ahead of yourself. No matter how good you think the night is going to be, start with the first one, start with one coyote, one stand, you know, like start, start with, start by putting one in the truck and then, you know, move on from there. And then 
halfway through the night, if you get five or six in the truck, all right, you're feeling pretty good, you know? Yeah. I, that, that actually is, is one of the best uh, tips of advice I've heard. Just like start with one. And that is, uh, that is, that is huge. I think, you know, I can, I can attest to this. This was Austin, Kansas last week. Like just, all right, we just got to get, you know, we just got to get one. We got to get one. And man, after I folded up that first dog, like that was such a good feeling that I haven't felt in such a long time. You know, it was like almost like the first one I shot this year all over again, you know? Yep. Yeah. You totally, uh, it just restarts you. And I don't know. And yeah. one thing, another thing I keep saying one thing, but another thing, um, <laughs> that I'll do this year, this time of year is late season like this, just play something totally off the wall, like go into a yeah. set. I'll do, I'll go into a set. And like I said, I switched back this week. I switched back to the lucky duck. So I like the lucky duck bird sounds a lot. And, uh, yeah, this time of year, I hate playing any kind of like rabbit just because I feel like, especially on properties that we have hunted, because we probably hit it with a rabbit before, before I'll start with like something off the wall, like Cardinal, uh, distress or like yeah. woodpecker distress, something that I normally wouldn't play, but it works or, what killed yeah. the guy the two nights ago we made a set and this is a folder i'd never go into on the lucky duck but i went into the the full length hunts which is pretty much like like yep. uh rick Follett does those full length uh coyote yep. sequences where he pretty much just puts them together and then you run the volume and i don't go in there like normally i, I want to run the set myself but i went in there and i clicked on one of his it was like breeding sequence number nine or something. And I just sat back and turned the volume up and turned the volume back down on distress. And 10 minutes in coyote came up over the hill and we killed it. I was like, sometimes you got to do something completely different. And there I felt like, and that's something I would probably 95% of the time, I'm not going to do that, but it worked. And late (laughs) season like this, absolutely. Some dumb things can just, and not that it was dumb, but some things like that can just work out. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen some weird sounds work too. Like this, uh, recently, I, I, to be honest, I've never used the full length hunts folder. So I'm going to have to remember that when I, when I dig back in the bag one of these days, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen like ground squirrel, like, uh, you know, I like the, actually like the, uh, I think it's a Fox pro sound, the cranky Cardinal. I like oh, yeah. that one too, but, uh, yep. Yeah, like different sounds like that that uh, I've had a lot of good luck with and that I think sound really good. I wish I could, like I was telling you this story about my antenna on my call. Uh, it ended up playing some super, some some sound that I've never heard before and it wasn't matching up with what was on my remote. So I still don't know what sound it was, but whatever that, whatever it was, I'm going to have to go through all my sounds and figure it out because whatever sound that was playing on my call that night, it was, it was money. And I need to find it. <laughs> that's funny. You have probably unlocked like some secret sound that's not supposed to be opened up or something. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I don't know. I'm going to have to scroll through them all and see if I can find it. But, uh, you know, it's funny how that stuff happens. And I've actually found some great, you know, sounds that way. Like I'm in a stand and, you know, actually, you know, funny story, this, this one, this coyote that I killed Sunday morning in Kansas, like, like I said, it's like 20, 25 minutes in, you know, still haven't seen anything. We saw one way out and it like kind of was coming, but like, whatever, 
got to this fence line, didn't come across it, like kind of cut down, like it was going to go into the, the creek bottom and like this long creek bottom that comes all the way to us. But I'm like, okay, like it's been, you know, five minutes and he hasn't showed. So I'm like, you know, I don't know, you know, did he just go in there? You know, obviously a million things are running through your head. I played like, mind you, I have a Fox pro in my hand at this point and I don't hardly ever use a Fox pro. So I'm not as familiar with the sounds. I'm just like kind of wheeling through the sounds like, okay, what am I going to play next? You know, what looks good? Oh, I came across like a young Kai mm-hmm. and I clicked that on and it was almost like a light switch. And all of a sudden, I don't know if I played it for like, maybe, maybe like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, turned it off and then boom, Kyle comes through the fence and he just moseyed his way all the way on in. And uh, just little stuff like that that can, you know, pin you onto a new sound that might work. You know, it could maybe it'll work next time in that same situation. Maybe it won't, but at least it gives you, you know, something to to try and another another trick to pull out of the bag when you need one. Yep, for sure. You always gotta you always. Gotta, I feel like for like what we do, like we always try and switch it up. Um, like if I if we get into a night of calling and we're just not something's not working, like whatever go into a folder that you haven't been in start playing something you haven't or play something that you normally wouldn't or take the remote and hand it to somebody else that, you know, can run the call. Just do something right. different. Cause sometimes that's, that'll kill the coyotes. And uh, we killed the coyote the other night. We got down to the whole, you know, my mindset, I'm like breeding, it's breeding season, whatever. Like we need to be running vocals. We need to be running fight sounds. We get done to the end of the set. We haven't called the coyote. I just put on rabbit at like, I don't know, 20 volume, which is like louder than I normally run it. And I'm just letting it run. And we're at like five, six minutes in, which is longer than I normally let it run. And all of a sudden here comes the coyote across the field, like pretty much as hard as he could come, comes right up there and we kill him. And it's just like, I would normally would not do that, but sometimes you got to do stuff that's outside the norm to kill coyotes. And it's like outside what you would normally do. Like if you're hunting the properties, like that property we had already hit this year, and that was, I don't know if we, if I would have just stayed with like what I normally play, we probably wouldn't have killed that coyote, but doing something out of the normal for us on that property, it killed us another coyote. So doing stuff that's yeah. kind of off the wall, I think that's, is big time. For sure. I totally agree. Yep. That's, that's a, that's a great tip. Just, just changing it up, being different and playing something that you don't think anyone else is playing is big. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm with Wyatt on this one. Um one of my one of my questions too, if you look at look at this year so far, and is there anything that jumps out at you um that you have learned this year? Uh this year. Hmm. Trying to think because there's definitely a lot that I've learned, but like key things that I've learned. Uh, the biggest thing that yeah, sure. probably one of the things. biggest thing that I learned was that switching up the call this week was that was pretty big time. And maybe it was just, you know, happenstance that, that happened that way. But man, when I did that, I felt like we were just calling coyotes that we normally would not have called if we were running, if I would have kept running the same call and same sounds. So switching up right. to that and then, uh, yeah, I mean, we did quite a bit of traveling 
And obviously when you travel to different places, travel down to Illinois this, this year, down to Kansas, Illinois, uh, was a rough trip for us, but you know, learn, learn like on that trip and just this year, like I mentioned before, call the set all the way through whether it like just call it all the way through. Cause kind of last year I was kind of in a bad habit of having like a 10, 15 minute set. And if nothing showed up, like I said, I'm still running the call, but after that 10 minutes, I have quit in my mind. And this year I'm like, now I'm at like 30 minutes and I'm still expecting to call coyotes. Like that just changed a lot for me this year. So those two things like switching up between the two brands of calls and just switching up to off off the wall sounds. And then, um, like I said before, yeah, just doing those two things really helped out this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, do you have any more trips planned this year? Are you going to go anywhere else this year? Uh, just hunting around here. I went up, we went up North, like, uh, two hours North here, but like the Wisconsin Dells and, uh, went up there. I think it was last night or the night before and did some calling. And then, uh, I'll probably go down to possibly down to Illinois one more time this year. Um, sometime in March, right before we kick off turkey season, season and start traveling for that. But as far as like anything really far, probably not. Gotcha. What, uh, what's your, what is Illinois like for you? It's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's very, it's actually very similar to Kansas, like rolling Hills and Creek bottoms. And I was really surprised cause I was kind of thinking flat ground, um, like not farm country, but like kind of just flat ground and tree rows. I wasn't really expecting the Creek bottoms and the cover that they had. And when we went up, when we went down there, I was like, man, this stuff is like prime for calling coyotes. Unfortunately, we what got like a full moon night. Uh, we were in the, we were where I'm at here in Wisconsin. Like we were four hours, four or five hours South of Madison. So we were like, not that far over the border. I mean, we drove down there and drove back in one night. So we weren't that right, far right. down there. And I guess it'd be the North, North side, um, Northeast. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, I was not expecting that type of terrain. Like I was like, man, this stuff looks prime. Like I said, unfortunately, we got caught with the full moon and the snow on the ground, which kind of, we still killed four, but for what the ground that we were calling, like it looked really good. And we, we, we felt like we were going to be killing, you know, 10 or 10 or so like that night. And we ended up killing four, but, uh, yeah, that, that part of Illinois that we were in was super cool. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if you're familiar with like Joe Davies County, but like Joe Davies County is like one of my favorite places in Illinois. It's just like, uh, rolling Hills and just like kind of big timbers here and there, not like everywhere, but like isolated patches of good cover. And, uh, yeah, it's a really pretty place. And, uh, I know some guys down there that really, really put the hurt on the coyotes. I know that tournament that we were in uh, a few weeks back, the team that won it was, was out of Illinois. Um, so yeah, it sounds like those guys are uh, pretty good. So yeah, there's some guys down there that hammer coyotes. Yeah, there is. 
and uh i've i've done an illinois tournament before too and it's like um there was one night that there was a really 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 bad like super awful conditions for hunting and these guys said that they like saw like something crazy like they saw like 18 coyotes or something and this and that i'm just like holy crap like but there it's it was a little more open and you know just but still yeah still a lot of coyotes down there i've actually hunted in illinois a little bit too and uh from what i've seen the areas that i've hunted anyways i can't speak for everywhere but where i've hunted it's uh it's a target rich environment for uh for coyotes yeah i wasn't expecting like i haven't spent mu- spent much time there like pretty much my only time in illinois was like driving through chicago or something you know going yeah. down through there so i wasn't really expecting that like we got out there I was like man this looks like some great stuff and uh, kind of the same thing with the guy i was hunting with he was not expecting i don't think he was expecting that type of country either um those big creek bottoms are perfect coyote coyote calling yeah. country absolutely yeah no out-of-state license is not very expensive in illinois either for uh for coyotes either so yeah the only nice. downside to it the biggest downside was to it was you got to case your guns in between stands so we're every yeah. time we're putting our gun in a case and <laughs> driving to the next spot and then you got to unload but um besides that it was a good trip does kind of yep that's my favorite part about kansas honestly Mm -hmm. yep for sure um all right well is there anything else that you can think of like as you attack this late season is there anything else that uh you are gonna do try um anything like that um no, I think I'm going to keep just as, as long as it's working, I'm just going to keep running the sound sequence that I've been running, which we touched on earlier. And then uh, yeah. maybe just pick up some new, new ground. I just had actually, when we were talking here, I had that had a landowner text me and told me he's got me some leads on new property. So pick up some new property and uh, just uh, keep hammering them. Hopefully the moon should be, uh, should be dark this whole week. So Hopefully we can yep. hammer some. Yeah, that'll be great. Hopefully you guys uh, get into them. I'm hoping that we, I don't know how much snow you're supposed to get tomorrow, but uh, I'm hearing anywhere from like three to nine inches. So I'm uh, hoping that it's three um, because I don't, I'm over the snow and uh, a couple inches is okay. And a nice powder is, is fun, but you start getting that deep snow, it sucks ass to walk in and then it's going to be 40 on Saturday. So it's going to be, it's going to be thawing and then everything's going to freeze. It's going to be loud and you know, the drill, but, uh, yeah, the snow yeah. is that like overall, the snow is just a bad thing for us. Like if we get snow, if we get too much, we get snowmobiles that fire up and they start like going through properties that we uh, pretty much can't yeah. call because they're ripping somewheres on that property. The snowmobile trail comes through or that that's just yeah. no go and then like you said like just the normal struggles with snow there's a ton of places that i can hunt with snowmobiles trails open it really puts a damper on it i've yep. even had like okay i'm gonna call it at i'm gonna call it at two o'clock in the morning or you know five o'clock in the morning no one's gonna be you know no one's gonna be out on snowmobiles then and then sure as shit right about that time you get you know you let one howl rip and you're starting to feel confident and then here comes two snowmobiles coming through. Yep. Nothing worse. Nope. 
that's that's for sure that and uh that's funny you say that we had uh the last like two weeks ago we had a night of calling where we got stopped by three three cops rolled up like while we were on set and completely blew the stand that's uh that's another thing that'll get you has that happened to you much it did like for whatever that for whatever reason that night it happened three times in a row like that then it it hasn't like in the past we usually get like you know two or three cops to stop per season that like they see your vehicle or something and they stop and check it out but i just recently picked up one of those like magnetic uh signs it says like thermal hunting with property permission and i got that on the truck now so like if i'm pulled off on the side of the road i pull it off the back and stick it on the side of the truck. So I think that'll help, uh, help out a lot. Cause normally they just, they're just curious that like, if you're stuck or if you're whatever you're doing, they just want to know if you got that sign on there. I feel like they're going to just check it out and drive on hopefully. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I've knock on wood. I've never had it happen. I know a guy (laughs) who hunts around here that I swear it happens to him. Like almost every time he goes hunting. And like, I, he does the same thing, has a magnet, puts in the window, whatever. I think that's a great tip. Like, especially like if you're like newer to it and you just want to kind of avoid, you know, things like that happening. Um, yeah, I would think, uh, I think that's not a bad idea. I don't do it to be honest. I, I just think that maybe the reason why I don't run into it as much is because I don't park on roads too often. Like most of the spots that I go to are relatively off roads or, you know, whatever on back roads or I'm going into somebody's driveway or, you know, something of that nature. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I know it happens a lot. So that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. One thing I did have happen to me, uh, me and my two buddies were in a tournament a couple of weeks ago. We go into this, you know, brand new spot, never called it before walk in there, set down, set the call out, light off a howl, I think we played like pair hall or something and boom, they light off. And it was one of them deals where they howled and you, you know, you turn the scanner. Yep. There they are right there. You know, yep. they're all, all three of them right there in front of us. They were like two, two, I think they were between two eighty and three, maybe three twenty. I don't know. Around 300 yards call it. So like they're going absolutely bonkers howling right in front of us. Like you can see them. We're sitting in the wide open, not a tree or a blade of grass around us. Guy comes up to the stop sign on the road, like 200 yards behind us and just stops and just turns his brights on and shines them right over our backs. And the coyotes are directly in front of us. Oh, man. <laughs> like, literally. Then he sat there for like, cause he obviously saw us or whatever or wondered what we were i don't know what it was but like literally stops sits there has his headlights on us for like 30 seconds these coyotes are dead in front of us like they like there's no way they didn't see us like and picture this you know you're sitting in this wide open field and you're casting a 35 yard shadow right at these coyotes like <laughs> it was uh oh man it was interesting and uh we actually ended up killing one out of that deal that's surprising and i don't know how we got one of them to come to 280 or like 290, something like that. So it literally, so it must have been like 320 or 340. It literally came to the edge of the woods and sat there. And my two buddies went one, two, three, and and canned it. But 
I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I've never had anything like that happen before, but that was, that was an interesting one. Yeah. It had to happen on that stand too, or you're going to have, yeah, you start to feel like, man, we're going to kill these ones. Yeah. And it, it never happens at a good time. Like when you're on a, you're on that stand where nothing's happening or there's no coyotes around, it always has to happen on that. You know, when they're right there at the worst time, you know, yep. Somehow, yep. that's how it goes. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to let Wyatt go. And, uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. This was, uh, actually very productive. I heard some really good tips from Wyatt on hunting this late season. And, uh, if you guys don't follow him, Wyatt underscore Barber on Instagram, uh, check him out and follow along with him because I'm sure he's going to be hard on the coyotes in the next few weeks here before turkey hunting gets rolling here in Wisconsin. So thanks again, That's Wyatt, for, sure. for joining me and uh, we'll uh, stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you guys for joining me for episode 12. Before you leave, jump on Instagram, search Wyatt underscore Barber. Uh, you can find him through my Instagram. Uh, I just made a post, tagged him in it. So go give him a follow, check him out, check his stuff out. The guy is just p- flat out good. And uh, you can always pick up something from, from a guy like him. So check him out and you won't be disappointed. Find me on Instagram, predator podcast underscore Drew. Shoot me a message, ask me a question, show me your success. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. So we'll be back next week with episode 13, but until then, everybody shoot straight.